0: podcast with your hosts Miranda and Rozzy, a podcast for both new and established estheticians to learn and grow your business.
1: So let's get this shit started. Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast. Today we have a special guest on the podcast who's going to talk about some amazing fun stuff. Her name is Brenna. She's a licensed esthetician in Dallas, Texas. She specializes in acne and hyperpigmentation treatments and skin of color. Mainly what she does is corrective skincare. She's experienced for four years and I am going to... Ask her to join in. Hey,
2: girl. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Of
1: course. Of course. How are you doing? How's the
2: weather in Texas? Oh, my gosh. It's so funny you should say that because I had to stifle a sneeze as you were introducing me. Um, <laughs> so, allergy season is on and popping here, and it looks like a storm is about to roll through. So, it's like this nice, moody weather. I
0: like that.
1: Yeah, we yes, are used to of nice. that in in Oregon. All we have is mostly raining, but two, three months of June and July, there's no rain. It's just dry yeah. as like a desert, but <laughs> we Man. enjoy it. I enjoy it. I don't know. About I do you. love
0: the weather here. The allergies have been popping over here too, girl.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Like waking up with crusty, puffy eyes. Brenna, um, how's everything with the business going, and how are you enjoying bringing hydrofacial, biore peel, and all this other new peels?
2: Oh man, business is fun. Business is going great. I love my hydrofacial. You know I've named her Alicia, so Alicia and I are getting along great. She, I feel like she's like a, the second employee that I need, you know, she just like okay. doesn't work for me and I'm still guiding her. I'm just, I'm just joshing. Okay. Um, bio repeal. I, I'm actually really loving it. I have a couple case studies going on where I'm really trying to facilitate that um, sort of like skin revision journey while adhering to that seven to 10 day turnaround, um, so it's been fun. i'm I'm really liking the results. I even tried it on myself, and I was flabbergasted at how much it does for pigmentation. So I think it's about to be the next hot thing this summer.
1: Oh, yeah. me and Miranda are going crazy over yeah. it.
2: <laughs> I've been seeing That's people true. sneaking sneaking it in with DMK. Miranda, do you work with DMK?
0: Um, I don't work with DMK too much, but Rosia yeah. has done it on me, and I'm obsessed with it. Yes. yes. have you done it with the
2: bio repeal?
0: No.
1: No, we haven't combined it yet.
2: That is the next new, sorry, there's traffic. Um, That is the next new like sort of protocol I've been seeing estheticians post about. I'm a little bit of a weenie. I want to like tread lightly into it, especially because it gets so hot here. Like we're supposed to be in the hundreds this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to like push the boundaries too much. I know it's like sun safe, but
1: yeah. I have actually combined it with uh, micro-channeling, with ProCell, and oh my God, the results that I saw with my own skin, I was surprised. Like, I really love it. The pigmentation, the skin tone, everything is just so even that I don't have to worry even about wearing tinted sunscreen. Like, Ooh. I don't even have to do that. It's a really good peel. By the way, a little story about this chemical peel. I found out from one of my friends about PRX T33 peel. And when I wanted to get that peel, I saw that they have a huge minimum order. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, I'm not putting about like 4500 for just like this peel. So I was like, there has to be another way for something different. Mm-hmm. I sat like till 6am in the morning, doing my research, finding out this peel, then finding out bioesthetics and reaching out to them. And it was like a whole a lot of work just figuring out what this chemical peel is and how it works, mm-hmm. watching YouTube videos. So I absolutely love this peel.
2: Yeah, I love that the reps, all the reps I've met are just so eager to share their knowledge. Like I've had a rep tell me she'll drive out to my spa and like, walk, walk me through it. And yeah, the, the level of support, I feel like some of these lines are starting to show now is Mm -hmm. kind of what's helping the market shift a bit, you know, because I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I feel like more estheticians now, nowadays are taking a stand against brands that don't really support businesses so I feel like bioesthetics yeah I feel like bioesthetics is really one of those lines that's like taking that call to action and is trying to like provide as much support as possible to Estes
1: there are so many brands and for that specific reason even though they have a good product I don't want to work with them yeah like it's really hard to not have that support system and also wanting to make money to for these brands I feel like the brand should be there for us like because Mm -hmm. especially we are the one who are actually directly making the sale. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And yes. we are increasing that brand recognition and brand awareness yes. for that brand.
0: Yeah, we're creating content yes. with their product. showing mm-hmm. mean, their name, talking about
1: it. Yeah, all of that stuff. So Brenna, today I wanted to bring you on so we can talk about how to bring balance between the entrepreneur lifestyle and also personal life and things that you should do outside in order to stay creative So, since you have been a business owner, you know the struggles of being an estipreneur. Like, that's why we call this podcast Estipreneur, not only for estheticians, but also those estheticians who are business owners. So, having you here would add so much value to this podcast. And I wanted you to go over some stuff and share your knowledge about how you have been able to balance personal life and business together.
2: Um, thank you again for this opportunity. I feel like this is still something that I am learning. And I think that just speaks to the whole balance aspect of entrepreneurs navigating work and life sometimes at the same damn time. Am I allowed to cuss? I'll keep it, I'll keep it pe- I'll keep it light. No, 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 okay. no, 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 Do
1: not, oh, yes. do okay. not keep <laughs> it, do not keep it clean. No, do I'm gonna not. be
2: like, F bomb, F bomb, F bomb. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um,
1: Brenna, um, here. Yeah, Brenna, we're I. <laughs> I you, this is a safe space. I want everybody to be themselves. Uh, we're already professionals in the treatment room. When it comes to outside treatment room, I want to be myself. And sometimes my way of taking aggression and showing appreciation is actually cursing. So yes, same. completely fine. You can curse if you want to.
2: Okay, bet. Okay. Um, but like I was saying, yes. Yeah, so I think this is still something that I am learning and navigating on like even on like a day-by-day basis, right? So I think it just goes to... Just understanding seasons, you know, Um, as much as we like to think it happens like this, we're not busy all the time. There are going to be months. There are going to be weeks when things are not on and popping like we think they are. So I think as you get into your business years and understanding your seasons, you can start forecasting and kind of understanding like, okay, this is about to be a slow season, maybe for the treatment room, like right now, the J-months. Um, this is not the time typically where there's a lot of treatment action going on, but there's a lot of product purchasing, right? So in order to kind of make sure that I'm not going crazy, stressing about something that may or may not happen, I'm preparing based off of the information I've gathered in you know, years past. Um, how it works with my work-life balance is I know like I'm setting expectations, right, of how these months or these weeks are going to go. Like, I know I'm probably not going to see clients super frequently, but that also doesn't mean I'm not going to get hit up on a day-by-day basis for products. So that means I have a lot more free time for myself. I can also be more creative about generating other forms of income. Um, So like I said, day-by-day basis, understanding your seasons, and just responding effectively.
1: Yes. That's true. I actually have no work and personal life balance, honestly. <laughs> yeah. it, uh, my body needs to give me an alarming sign that hey, you're exhausted, go to bed, take a day off and that's what I had to do yesterday. but I absolutely enjoy working like mm-hmm. I I'm really obsessed with it and yeah. it's like part of my my life. So it's really hard for me to think outside work and it's it's crazy for me, it's like I have had a really hard time. The moment I'm sitting down and doing something and I'm like, oh, I'm not being productive. I'm not doing anything work related. Honestly, like Miranda has brought that balance in my life because she would be the one pulling me out. Like, let's (laughs) go for a hike. Let's go do something. Um, I'm really bad at it. Like, that's something I've always struggled with. I don't know when I'm going to master it, but yeah. I tell
0: myself Sundays are like my day. Like, don't bother me on a Sunday. I'm going to do, that's my time. But then I mm-hmm. do still find myself, like if a client reaches out to me, I'm like messaging back for an hour. I'm like, oh, I have to stop doing that sometimes. Like when you say that you're going to take time for just yourself, if it's that one day a week or even just a few hours, it's so hard to actually stick to it and mm-hmm. not get pulled back in.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. Exactly. I struggle with that. Definitely. What about being on social media that now you're also like... Posting content, being an esthetician, along with being an esthetician, you also have to be a content creator in some way. That's Mm -hmm. where the market is now. That's where we have been getting our clients from. They're watching us. Um, How do you manage that? Like, what what is that you do? What are the tools that you use in order to stay productive and? creative on social media, but also be able to take a break.
2: A lot of my work-life balance efforts led me to the decision to delegate. So I have an assistant. Um, We work, I want to say she works between 8 to 12 hours a week for me. And I also delegated my social media creation to my brand agency, Daring Creative Co., I'm gonna plug oh, her yeah. real. Give a shout this, out to her. <laughs> this is Sasha and I, like, she's gonna be in town next month and she won't even know. Like, we are going to tear this city up. Okay. It's gonna be classic. Like, we're gonna end the night getting tattoos. We're gonna be lit. It's gonna be legendary. But anyway, so her business, um, they do social media, um, content creation. They also help with strategy too, like if you're part of their retainer service so I'm on their retainer and I am literally blasting like social media stuff to them for them to create. Now, this is still a system I'm working out where I am kind of strategizing with my assistant because she also offers like that consulting sort of service where we're creating a calendar for a few weeks at a time. And then I'm just running up to uh, Darren Creative Co. saying, hey, I would like these graphics or these videos made, and then we're just plugging them in. And I'm also starting a little summer experiment where I am also working on creating content on YouTube. And I'm working with someone else, Chandelay Gullick. I believe that's how you pronounce her last name. Um, She is helping me with creating that content. And then she's also going to teach me how to do it so I can continue to do it after our retainer ends. So it's just me delegating, me understanding, listen, this is where my time is best spent. I am way more creative in the treatment room. I love like snipping like clips and stuff, and then creating content based off of the questions I get from my clients. Um, And even like the DMs I get from clients asking me about questions and stuff. Like I'm trying to do better at creating content to answer those questions.
1: That is amazing. I need to learn one or two things from you because I'm a control freak. I'm such a control freak. Like I have always had a hard time, like giving control to somebody else and be like, you know what you create the content for me or you do this for me, by the way, I also worked with Sasha created wow. um, created the acne bootcamp um, strategy the whole way. Like I haven't been able to create content for it because with the school and everything, I haven't been able to do that. But even just that console that I had with her and the way she guided me, I was, I've been able to sell like four acne bootcamps easily. Wow. By doing, only by doing DMs, uh, honestly. Not even like posting on social media. I haven't done anything yet. Um, so I absolutely do believe that she has the ability to help business owners uh, reach their maximum potential and help them out. Um, I have, I don't know, for some reason, but when it comes to like YouTube or other um, social media platforms, since I've been burnt before, where my social media was hacked, I've had a hard time mm-hmm. like trusting somebody, giving them that yeah. control that, you know what,
0: wow. you have the
1: control of my account. So that's yeah. really good when you're actually outsourcing. Cause of course, like your, your strength is in the treatment room. Yeah. That's where you are actually shining the most. So it's always, it always makes sense to outsource and, that's one thing I have yeah. to learn.
0: <laughs> I think that's really amazing that you were actually able to recognize that you needed some help and give some of that and let people take that weight off your shoulders. Because it is hard to let other people come into your business and yeah. create content for you or just handle different things. It's really hard to let go of some of that control.
1: Yeah, and you had yeah. that question earlier. You were asking me to ask her, how is she able to manage creating content yeah because
0: so. i was looking at your page i was like gosh you just have such a nice page there's so much content here so much information like how is this girl doing this
2: thank you trust me it is not by myself sometimes like even my assistant is like okay so it's been two weeks since you've posted and i'm like girl oh my god i know um i'm <laughs> way <so> more <laughs> <laughs> i'm and you i'm sure you guys can see I'm way more active in my stories and I feel like that's where a lot of my success comes from. It's not so much from my feed posts. I mean, it does help bolster my position as an expert, but the stories is where I create a lot of relationships. It's where I community build. I take people behind the scenes, show them my day, show them smoothies. I'm also doing Muay Thai. So sometimes I'll show little clips of me sparring, but I've had to reel back on that because I am Um, I'm signing up for a fight next month, so I can't show too much of my, my little fight clips, you know, I don't want people out here stealing my strategy, but um, yeah, so I think it's just all about just, again, understanding where you're, where you're killing it, and Razia, I have to say, you are killing it on TikTok, like, every other video I see is you just, like, dismantling the patriarchy and skincare and just breaking myths and debunking, you are killing it, girl.
1: Thank I you. I, I still feel like I'm doing like little the way I like to do content is like create an original piece. For right now, I've been doing trends because I'm still on the um, two and a half months of my school period where I have to do a lot of like lectures. So I'm not getting that time to be creative, but I'm I'm coming back. I love creating content. Honestly, for me, it's yeah. like something that feeds my soul i enjoy mm-hmm. it uh, uh but yeah it's it's hard man like creating content and staying creative and staying productive with it there was a time i used to create like 30 to 40 pieces of content in a day wow. and then i would take wow. one one day to edit that and i would create four youtube videos and edit them in one day and i would have yeah. like a four like four week worth of content so oh my gosh. Get, get it all out of the way but I understand like in our industry since estheticians are in the treatment room it is sometimes hard to be creating content because mm-hmm. it's really hard to like balance two things those are completely two different departments like yeah. being a content creator or being an esthetician are completely two different things To so you do feel like split between those two worlds but we need it there's not many estheticians out there talking about the treatments we're doing, and that's the only way people are going to be able to trust us and see us. Yeah, exactly. That's thing I, I think like we all should be focusing on, but yeah, it is not easy. It's yeah,
0: hard. I agree. And it's like, at the end of the day, when I'm in the treatment room, I'm focused on my client and that treatment. That's what's making me happy. That's what I like to do. And so sometimes I'm like irritated if I need to be doing content at the same time. So I'm like, oh, I just want to be with my client and do yeah. this treatment. Yeah. You kind of have to juggle two things at once, but it is really important.
1: Yeah. Unless, like, uh, unless, what do you think if you, like, this is my thought unless your client is okay to have a tripod set up in the corner of the room and you just do the treatment of course you're not going to be able to create that aesthetic look of the of the content you know a lot of estheticians i see they're creating like some bomb-ass content like and i'm like oh i need an assistant who can actually move around the camera because i can't yeah when you're I would literally forget the steps of the treatment that I'm doing, and I don't want to double exfoliate somebody's skin or double dermaplane them because yeah. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, that,
0: yeah, it would be nice if we just had someone in there, a little um, what are they called, videographers or?
2: Yeah, videographer person, yes, do hickey yes, things.
0: You. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's what I need. Do you have that, Uh, Brenna? Do you have (sighs) something?
2: Sasha's actually going to be in town and I believe we're doing a little videography. Don't quote me on that. So she'll be there for the day. But on the norm, no, I am the videographer. I also have to be careful with what appointments I capture, because sometimes my clients are coming in with some heavy shit. And this was recent. I remember one time my client was really getting something off her chest during the service. She had agreed and she had already like made the photography consent thing like affirmative where I could capture like our appointments and use it for marketing. But the day when I was recording, I didn't know that she had like some really heavy shit to get off her back. And when you're in the middle of a treatment, it's already hard to, like, start and stop, start and stop and stuff. And I just remember, like, looking at the clips, and I can see truly how much she's letting off her chest, I deleted those clips. First of all, she's talking the whole time, you know, and I'm talking back to her. I'm not so much worried about the camera because I'm very much focused on my clients. And I want to make sure that's also portrayed in all of my content. It's not like, you know, I'm over here, like looking at the camera, throwing up a peace sign with little duck lips and shit. Like, no, people are paying me for my time. <laughs> um, but it, it was just like, it yeah. was very clear. She was very emotional. Like she wasn't like crying or anything, but she was emotional. And the shit that she was like, Expressing to me, I like there were times where I like got my hands away. I was like, "What? Like, what did you say? Like, oh my god!" Um, so I deleted the clips. I was like, "I'm not going to use this for social media," you know. And and it's not so much an L. In fact, it's more of a W because I'm preserving my client's privacy. I am respecting my relationship, which at the end of the day, like that's part of my brand's values. You know, I'm not about to sit up here and sacrifice my brand's values for some views. So yeah. yeah.
1: My next question for you. Do you think it is really important for estheticians, solo estheticians or business owners, med spas to have a proper brand strategy? Or do you think we can just get away with it without having a brand strategy and still build a clientele.
2: I think it depends on where you're at and what goals you have in place for your business. That determines the answer to that question. There are some solo entrepreneurs who have had their own business and they operate it kind of like on that solo, like sole proprietor sort of flow where, you know, sometimes maybe they're getting paid cash if that's their goal and if that's what makes them happy, then you it's probably not in their best interest to do a brand strategy, right? I would say, though, if you have the intention of scaling your business, if you want to have a business that's scalable, that operates like an LLC, damn near like an S Corp. Um, If you want to be able to sell your business, right, or be able to franchise, have multiple locations, then you absolutely need a brand strategy and you absolutely cannot make your business centered on you. You know, like your business has to have its own entity, its own identity, its own personality. Like Sasha, during our brand strategy hour, she asked me what my brand, like if my brand was a person, what would she wear to a party? Like, would she be there early? Would she get there casually late? Would she get there toward the end and already be lit? You know what I mean? What would she, would she be out on the dance floor? Would she be working the room? She was like asking me questions to give it a personality away from my identity. And it almost acts like an alter ego, right? When you step into that business, you are operating that business in that identity and not your personality and whatever mood you're in. So if you're looking to have a business that operates by itself, if you want to have a team, if you want to have like values in place, if you want to have structure, then you absolutely need a brand strategy to get you there.
1: Yes, I actually have not oh God, of course, Bruce and Frankie. Oh my they're God. You're like, I know that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're chiming in in the podcast. Every, every time me and Miranda are doing a podcast, these two like find the perfect time to like, add in their voice they're like let's not forget us we are also here
0: yeah it's okay we need to
1: do a we need we need to do a shoot for the for the podcast now since uh Miranda is also in the podcast as a co-host. I think we need to add Bruce and Frankie on the cover. It's gonna be the best. Um, So I actually have an um, appointment and call with uh, Sasha for Mm -hmm. my husband because he is starting his functional medicine, and I have been like convincing my husband because he's not um, more of like a entrepreneur. He his head is always in the in the hospital thinking about the the procedures that he's gonna do. So I have been convincing him to um, do, do like a call with Sasha so she can explain. And I told him, I said, I don't care if you want anything else for the business or not. Sasha is one thing you do need because you need somebody who can guide you with your brand strategy, can tell you who your audience is, what do you have to sell? How do you have to portray yourself? Like those things really make a huge difference it can set you apart from all these other brands all these other clinics or med spas because you yeah. have a brand that's why we are more gravitated towards nike f- towards gucci or louis vuitton sure. like these yeah. are uh, a remarkable brands they have yeah. like a signature that about themselves and that's why people want to pay for that they'll pay for the logo basically for the brand itself yeah. not the yeah. logo but basically the brand itself so yeah brand strategy is a must and if you guys are looking for somebody who can help you with your brand strategy, help you uh, like create a website, even though we don't have Sasha as like a guest in this podcast, I would definitely add <laughs> yes. her because uh, yes. Oh my
2: gosh. It'd be helpful. I, I think, think you should day. have her on side note.
1: Yeah. I think that's yeah. what I'm thinking. Like I have to reach out to her. Hey Sasha, would you be in the podcast actually? Should we shout out her Instagram handle?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: daring, yeah. It's daring creative co. Uh, and I'll also add it in the description of the podcast. Uh, also uh, Brenna's uh, um, page as well. All the information is going to be under that. You know what?
0: I actually have a question for you guys. Uh, I've been talking about this with my friends recently because I'll come home from work or like just at the end of my day and I'm feeling so anxious and I have to like go through my day and be like, what did I do today? That's making me feel weird. Like, did something bad happen? Did I say something weird? And I'll be like, no, today was a really good day. Nothing, Nothing happened. And then somebody asked me, do you take on the things that your clients tell you like because we do have clients Mm -hmm. that bring a lot of heavy shit in and they put it on us and so this person was like do you think that you're taking this energy from your clients and holding on to it and like bringing it on as your own does that happen to you guys too and what do you do to kind of get out of that space
2: yeah that used to happen to me that's where grounding comes in handy for me and for me like what you pointed out like when you get home and you already start kind of feeling wiggly and you backtrack and you think back to your day, like, why am I, what made me start feeling wiggly? For me, I've been practicing a little bit more self-awareness. So the moment when I start feeling that wiggliness start to settle in, it's like, okay, I take a beat. I'm like, okay, something is off. I try to identify it. If it's not identifiable, I'm just quick to be like, okay, listen, we're just going to go ground ourselves. So for me, I will go outside and I'll just breathe, I'll look at the sky, I'll like point out five things about nature that's standing out to me, smells, everything like that. Um, But if it's like a client who always has something Who's always coming in with something. And it doesn't have to be like family drama. If it's like they're canceling a lot or if it's just like drama dealing with them, I've started letting them go. Like Deca says, um, it's not like it's anything personal, it's business. If I can't operate and my best self for my client after them, then maybe that's an indication that we're not aligned, you know? And this isn't like a one appointment, oh, girl, I, I'm writing you off. If this is a consistent right. thing, like if you're always coming in with some bullshit, oh, you know, I'm 20 minutes late, da 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 da, like, because, like, that's the stuff that makes me go home and my shoulders are up to my ears. And I'm like, oh, I, I can't believe I rebooked them. Like, oh, I can't believe I took them, even though I knew I shouldn't have, you know? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Okay. <laughs> hard to let clients go. But like you said, it's not personal. And I think sometimes we get a little lost because we're always taking care of other people. That's our job. And then it's like, at what point do we step back and say, am I still taking care of myself? Like, am I good so I can be good for you? I
1: was 18 when I started uh, working in this field. I am going to be 30 this year. So it's almost like 12 years that I have been doing this thing. Uh, what I have learned is that not everybody is my client and I'm not everyone's aesthetician. Yeah. Yeah. And I've learned that over time, understanding that not every money is good money. The money yeah. is always going to come if my work is speaking for itself. Yeah. And when it comes to like taking things home, I, I'm very sensitive to energy. I'm extremely yeah. sensitive. I feel it with my clients. And when I see that the client energy is not aligned with mine, i can feel that immediately and what i have started doing letting them go i don't and it's same like brenna said it's nothing personal i don't have anything against you but you are not just the right client for me because i want to have a client like i said even in my previous episodes when i leave that fucking city i want you to fucking cry same same like i'm crying <laughs> for you i miss you and this yes. happens to me yeah. every time i have like given my 100 absolute best to my clients they connect with me, I connect with them, and we build this amazing relationship and yeah. bond where they, their loyalty is what matters to me. Yeah. Yep. Like I don't measure my success based on how many followers I have, blah, 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 they're here and there. But, uh, the way I measure it is like, how loyal is my client to me? How much do they value me and want to come to me? Yeah. And yes, my treatment room is a therapy room for me, and it's a therapy room for my clients. I'm not just there to do your facial or do a treatment, but I'm also there to make you fall in love with yourself and allow you to open up and talk about those insecurities. And I I had insecurities. The reason I joined the field was because I was so fucking insecure about my skin, about my height, about my hair. So when my client is opening up to me and they're talking and I know some of the things are really, really heavy and sometimes Mm -hmm. they start crying. Sometimes they hug me and they cry and I am taking that energy home. So the way I have been dealing with that is like Brenna said, meditation, which is really freaking hard. I -hmm. would be sitting there and actually wondering about everything that has happened in that day. And I do feel like really heavy on my chest as well. Um, But walk in the backyard. That's what I think. Just sitting and watching sunset maybe for a second. Um, or just, just watching some bullshit TV show. That's yeah. what I actually <laughs> yeah. it My yes. mind somewhere else. Um, but yeah, it's really hard. It's very difficult to separate their emotions from mine. Um, yes. I have struggled with it as well. And plus I am very invested in my clients. Like they become like I feel like th- sometimes I treat them like they're my fucking friends and family member, which they yeah. are to me. Like, that's how I treat them. Like, I really get invested, but it does affect me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I
0: will actually wake up in the middle of the night and be, like, thinking about a client. Oh yep. In the so morning, the first thing crazy. I think of is, like, my clients. It's so wild. They're always on your mind. You're always thinking about them, whether it's the treatment or something that they talk to you about that day. It's, like, you're just always thinking about them from then on.
1: Yeah, I randomly drop a text every now and then then to them hey i'm just thinking about you i hope you're doing good those clients that i've built a relationship with and i know they're going through mental um, stress and everything yeah. especially the clients that i see from um indian community it's like a lot of body shaming involved a lot of like oh your skin is not looking good blah 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 so they feel very insecure so every yeah. now and then i just drop a nice message for them First, it allows you to build that relationship and they know that you really care. And second yeah. of all, I also feel good when I hear about them, how they're feeling. Over yeah. time, I've noticed like my clients have developed a really thick skin and they become just like me. I feel like I just, to, <laughs> they, I just like give them that energy of mine. Yeah. I tell them like, fuck everybody, whatever people are saying about your skin, whatever that is, just just don't give a fuck about it. Yeah. Don't think yep. about it that much. I don't know if how you deal with that, Brenna when you have a client like that who has a lot of insecurities?
2: I have found, especially after doing my brand strategy and really laying down the roots of like who my business is and who I serve, I have found that I attract a lot of clients who, yes, they are coming. They're very insecure and anxious about their skin. For some of my clients, their skin triggers their depression. And with, with working together, I, I, I am very much true to myself. For me, I'm a fighter, clearly, you know, doing Muay Thai and stuff like that. I am a fighter. Um, Yes, things get me down. Yes, I also struggle with depression. But one thing about me, knock me down nine, I get up 10. And I instill that in my clients. I am constantly pumping into them like girl okay yes this might be an l but guess what though like you're gonna be able to flip this and do this this i try to like shift things shift shift their perspectives right let's say someone's coming to me and they're they've been working on their acne for a minute and then now they're suddenly insecure about all the pigmentation on their face i'm like girl guess what it's the reason why you're so focused on your pigmentation is because we cleared your acne right you're not waking up with one new pimple and then ending the day with five, like we're, yeah, we're dealing with the stuff that happened then when your acne was active, but girl, you haven't broken out in like two months. And plus, you know, and I just really try to like circle back to the facts and I just paint that picture of them. Like, this is all work, like nothing that's ever really wanted ever comes easy and you remind them you're doing the work like the fact that you woke up that day i always tell them like the person who started this acne journey is not the person who ends it you're going to be a confident person you are going you're not going to recognize yourself and that is exactly what i'm in the business for and that's exactly what my brand stands for so the people who come to me nowadays yeah i'm not getting as many new clients as i got like two years ago when my pricing was also very cheap, but the people who are coming to me are like, I want to be with an esthetician for, for life. I want a relationship, like, and I'm like, bet. So yeah. yeah.
1: I think it really does matter what your pricing is because it's going to attract the right client base. Um, I have noticed like in business when I'm offering, like initially when I was offering any kind of deals and discounts, I was not able to build any kind of relationship with those clients. And it's really hard to get clients who want to pay the actual price. Yep, it takes time, but it will build up on t- with with time they like they would see that okay, you're providing value and they are paying for that value. And I'm not saying that you have to rip people off with w- like charging them 2000 for a chemical peel. Yeah. All I'm saying is that charge them the right price and you know what the right price is because you you know what the overhead cost is. If you have a right. space, how much are you paying for rent? No life insurance, no health insurance, no four hundred one k. Yes. So, does it really make sense to charge somebody hundred fucking dollars just so you can have yep. them in? And trust me, that person is never coming back because the moment they find out the high ticket price you have, they're running away. Yep.
0: It's more important to have clients that are taking their journey seriously and take you seriously and respect you and what you do. Yep. Than to get anyone in the door.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. What are some- what are some hobbies that you suggest for new estheticians to, to start something that can help with the creativity, like help with like balancing that energy? What, what are some suggestions that you have?
2: That is a really good question. I suggest any hobby that gets your body moving. That's... That is so key in our industry because we hear it time and time again, especially from the OG estheticians. Man, I'm not able to work long-term because my back, my shoulders are you know, damaged from all the massage and all the leaning and the bending in the business. Well, that circles back to, are you moving and strengthening those muscles that we know we're using and abusing to make our money? So for new estheticians coming on, do not start off slaving your body away to this career. It's very tempting to it because you are on that grind. You're hungry, right? You want to see as many clients as possible. You want to see 10, 12, 20 clients maybe in a day, but guess what? You are murdering your body. You are putting your muscles at a detriment and especially if you're coming from a position of you're not already active, maybe you're sedentary a lot. And then boom, you're going in, you know, you're doing facial massage and buckle massage and you're standing up and you're bending, you're lifting boxes. Well, girl, you haven't even worked those muscles. So a lot of my SD, my SD friends are in Pilates. Um, I haven't done Pilates yet. Quite frankly, I'm a little intimidated by it because I hear it is a bitch, but it's, Definitely. It's definitely challenging those muscles, even muscles that we don't normally use in the treatment room, but help guide and support our whole body movement. Plus, who wants to be that 70 year old person who needs help getting off the toilet? Like, you know, like even beyond our career, just like mobility in general. So Pilates is good for me. If you're a fighter like me, if you wouldn't mind getting punched in the face and maybe giving them a punch and a kick back, kickboxing. Muay Thai is amazing, too, because it's I also like movement related hobbies because it's teaching you resilience it's teaching you how to face challenges. um, And that's exactly what you need to be a successful entrepreneur, because it's not all going to be smooth sailing. You're going to have seasons when you're slow. You're going to have seasons that are going to challenge you mentally. You're going to wake up, probably see an empty ass calendar, nine, 10 cancellation notifications, for some weak-ass person, that's gonna, that's enough to make them quit so their equipment go right back to corporate, right? But if you've been training yourself, if you've been improving your confidence by pursuing a hobby that challenges you and you're overcoming those challenges and you're like, bitch, I'm the shit. Like, you're going to wake up, see all that shit and be like, okay, we're going to get creative. How can I make money today? How can I flip this L into a W? So I'm all about moving your body.
0: Yeah, I think that's honestly a really good um, suggestion to – use your hobbies as a way to move your body because it is also strengthening your mind too which is so important because our mind is getting beat up all the time like just life in general is tough and then add in the stressors of work and being an entrepreneur and having those days that you wake up and your books are not full and it's like how can yeah. How can we not, um, how are we going to still have a good day anyways? You know, yes, training the mind and the body.
2: Yes, exactly. You nailed it. Especially to be a tax paying business, right? Cause it's one thing to be a business owner, right? We heard about what happened with COVID with all the people who are fraudulently creating businesses for the PPP loan, which is why we're in the financial situation we're in now, but that's a different podcast for different experts for a different day. But for, for like, to be a business owner, right, and to be a taxpaying business owner that wants to do everything right, that wants to scale, that wants to give opportunities to other people to help them also be successful, like, it's stressful. It is so stressful. So you have to move your body
1: to move your mind. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What's your strength in business? My strength
2: in business, I would say, has to be my interpersonal skills, um, like, boiling down. I wouldn't say communication specifically, because that's something I'm constantly trying to work on, especially as I meet new personalities, but more so leaning into like relationship building. And I think that just goes that that's because I'm, I'm a very direct person. I'm from the East Coast. Uh, we don't shave or dance around our words. We're very straightforward. I tell my clients exactly what I need for them and I tell them exactly what I want back. And that's what leans me to having that interpersonal connection being my strength.
1: Okay. And what's your weakness in business? Because this is a very fun round. I'm going to ask you some questions. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, So an opportunity for improvement for me would have to be my operations skills because sometimes I, as a Gemini and as a projector in my human design, I tend to let the moment get swept up. And sometimes I'll go off the track or I'll go off plan because, you know, there's this and this is happening in front of me let's see what happens. But I think it's just about going about following that procedure. Um, that's an area where I'm really constantly trying to improve upon.
1: Yeah. I have, I have a shit ton of like a (laughs) list of weaknesses that I need to (laughs) work on. Girl who doesn't. (laughs) You know, I, I talk about, like, in the podcast, uh, in initial episodes, I said that this podcast is not for, like, I'm the expert and I'm sharing shit with you. I'm actually sharing my fuck-ups so you don't yeah. make the same fucking mistakes like actually. I have. <laughs> so I usually am, like, just talking about my bullshit that I've done wrong the wrong yeah. way. It's
0: yeah. better to be real and raw because people can yeah. connect to that. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's no. the best expert at what they're doing. We're all just humans figuring it out yep. up and keep trying. <laughs> so. Yep. One day at a time. Um, Bruno, what is your worst nightmare in the treatment room?
2: Oh my God. Doing oh my God. a service. And it just like flashed before my eyes. I would have to say doing a service on someone and them saying, like, them mentioning, oh, by the way, like, I was on Accutane last month, and me, like, stopping and being like, you didn't mention that on your fucking forms my G – like, wow. even though I ask that, like just finding out in the middle of a service, like the a client has a contraindication while I am doing the thing that they're contraindicated against. Um, because not, is it just like that initial shock of, oh my God, it's like, okay, backing away, how do we reverse this fuck up? And how do I educate you on not fucking up again? And even wow, like for me too.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes them saying that, oh, by the way, I have a trip to go here and we're going to go for a fucking hike. yes what the fuck like no cancel the fucking
0: trip you're not going you're staying home yeah you're (laughs) staying home clean and out of the sun
1: (laughs) that's your punishment for not actually being honest and telling me everything yeah
2: and that's that's actually why like I have a client update form where I ask like, oh, what are your plans for the rest of the day? What are your plans for the next seven days? Sometimes people are just breezing through the form and they're like, la, la, la. So when I, when they're in and when we're all comfy and it's like the beginning of the treatment, maybe I'm still doing the cleanse. I'm like, girl, so what are your plans for this weekend? Like make it all kiki. Then the truth comes out. Then they want to be like, oh girl, so me and my girlfriends, we're, we got this yacht. We're going to be on the yacht all afternoon and be like, skirt, skirt. Guess what? We're not doing a peel today. Trick question. You
1: failed. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a good way to do it actually. Yeah. It's, My my nightmare is honestly like when they try not to like close their eyes and even I have like goggle or something on them and they're like trying to peek through that and I'm Uh, doing a peel. Close your damn eyes. Um, (laughs) I have told my clients, I'm like, close your eyes and still they would like open it and I'm like, the peel is going to go in your eye. It's going to burn. Like don't, close your eyes. And they would be like, no, can I see? I'm like, no, no, you can't.
0: I hate when my clients keep their eyes open. It, like, freaks me out. I'm like, stop watching me. Like, just let me <laughs> do your treatment. Chill out. Take a little nap if you
1: can. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm fine with the facials and stuff if I'm not using any chemical peels, especially with, like, the TCA peels. Like, I feel like I, it's going to happen. So I'm, like, always have that in my head that I don't want anybody to lose their eyesight. And I'm like in the lawsuit and losing my license and forever, I would never be able to do these things that I do. Do you think money mindset plays a role when it comes to attracting wealth, attracting money? Like, yes. d- does th- do you, do you know like what I'm trying to say? Because we, all of us have like some kind of fucked up relationship with money.
2: Yes. Yes. And you know, I have also experienced like that, lack my money mindset impact my spending decisions, my growth decisions, right? It's very hard to make decisions of abundance when you find yourself in patterns where you're repeating lack, or maybe you're repeating believing that you are worthy of nothing more than lack um so for especially for my people who have been in the industry or for years and have been on this monotonous cycle of just managing their money, kind of like how they manage their personal money, and now they're waking up and they're kind of realizing the error of their ways, it's very hard to switch that mindset at that point because you don't know anything better like that's it's like adopting an old cat like and expecting it to change like it's not gonna be that easy, so yeah, money mindset is everything,
1: yeah I I have a background in my family, like my dad is an entrepreneur, always had money, always like been a hustler. But when it comes to like money mindset, I never like learned those skills to be able to heal my relationship with money. So I always used to be in a lack mindset thinking that in order for me to make money, I need to be working all the time. Mm-hmm. And the moment I have been able to, like, heal my relationship with money, I have been able to attract money without even me doing too much. So, mm-hmm. yes, I I think in our industry, like, I've seen a lot of people having that money mindset fear, like, m- like the mindset of, like, lacking all the time that, oh, I'm never going to be able to make money or that money is evil or money is this and that. So. One thing in the podcast I do like to discuss with the guest is, like, sharing their experience. How were they able to heal that relationship with money? What did you have to do in order to get rid of those obstacles from your head and also implement things in your personal life and also business life? Yeah. One thing you could change about our industry.
0: Just one Mm thing
1: or multiple if there is anything you would you could change if you have that magic wand and you'd be like you know abracadabra yeah. let's change this what would that be i would
2: say immediately what comes to mind is i would change up how homogenous it is um, the aesthetics industry is notorious for being a white female predominant like, sort of industry, and even hearing now in 2023, the statistics of, like, Black estheticians is just, like, a little, like, cookie crumb of the whole Mm -hmm. cookie, it's very disheartening, and then if we're boiling even more down into, like, the demographic, like, I would like to see an industry where it's people of all backgrounds, like interest backgrounds. It doesn't have to be, and I'm sure it's this way because we don't know everyone's stories, but for the most part, it's a lot of people who like pink, you know, who want to create like this fluffy texture sort of like environment for clients who want to run Groupon sales. I would like us to have more of a mission with our businesses whether that's you want to provide a relaxing environment, you know, and I also want to see us not being afraid to express ourselves. I think that too often as estheticians are boxed into being like pretty and blah. And I'm quite frankly, not the, I'm not that like, I'm the very opposite. I'm very gritty. I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty to an extent. I don't deal with blood like that, but like, It just boils down to like just having different interests, you know? And I even like, whenever I'm telling people that I'm an esthetician, like consumers, they think that oh, you know, you're just this like super girly girl. You know, you spend your weekends shopping. And it's like, no, actually, I've spent my weekends at fight seminars. I spend my weekends getting punched in the face and punching grown men in the face, you know? So I would like to see more of those varied interests, like people who do roller derby who are also estheticians. Like just mix the bag up a little bit. I would love yeah. to see that.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely feel that because like you said, I haven't seen many representation of any Afghan estheticians or Pakistani estheticians. Like yes. nobody knows about them. Um, and same, like I told you, Miranda. Like I love being in my fucking pajamas. I yeah. don't like to be looking this like cute Barbie doll in my nice. Instagram. I don't like that shit. And sometimes I do feel like that's the standard. Yeah. If I have, aren't you in the military? Yes. Yeah, military. Yes. Yeah, I she mean, is. so. Dressing up, I don't mind, but I don't want to push that idea on my social media where if I am trying to promote a product, I have to specifically dress up, do proper makeup and yes. stand in front of a camera yeah. and do a specific pose. Like, Just
0: wasting your time and energy. Yes.
1: I mean, <laughs> people who want to do it, absolutely. That is for you. But that shouldn't be the standard. Yeah. We should be allowed to bring different perspectives. Like, I really want to do a shoot in my fucking pajamas and my husband's sweatshirt. You know yes. <laughs> Yeah, so
2: actually now relate to. Right
1: now. Yeah, we're literally in our pajamas. Like I do not dress up. Miranda yeah. doesn't dress up. For specific. Bro, I'm in a
2: I'm in a little onesie skims onesie bodysuit thing. Uh, so I feel you. you
1: yeah, I that's I think yeah, definitely bringing that diversity is something that I'm also craving in our industry seeing more ethnic people, uh, mm-hmm. people of different genders, not just like female estheticians, but yes. male estheticians, or it is slowly getting there, it's not yeah. fully there, but we're taking one step at a time, so maybe one day we will be able to get to that point. Yeah.
2: And we're and we're being the change that we want to see too.
0: Absolutely. There's not a lot of education out there right off the bat either with working with skin of color. That's one thing that I wish there was more education on because it's I don't have skin of color, so it's like I don't always know how to work with it properly. And having that knowledge and that information so that you're not causing problems is really important, but kind of hard to find sometimes.
1: But even though those who do have skin of color, even they don't have the right information. So yes, right. it's it should be more a little bit more mixed up and yeah. more information in that regard, especially like bat, chemical like peels, you know? Yeah, off the mm-hmm. bat in school. Oh, there's a lot of things. If I if I could change one major thing, that would be making a program for three fucking years where estheticians also fucking learn how to do Botox and fillers and teach them yeah. everything about facial anatomy. Yeah. It literally like three to four four years. Same thing like you're doing it for RNs. Create a program for estheticians yeah. too. I feel like we have to pay so much out of pocket and go outside of our way, like out of our way to get education. That's like really hard. Yeah. And not having the same standard one industry, like in Texas or in Dal- uh, in uh, Georgia, you're completely fine. If you're not an advanced esthetician, you can do extra courses. There's no schooling. Sure. You come to Oregon. They're like, you know what? Fuck all your, your certifications. It's not Oregon yeah. accredited. Man, go ahead bullshit. and spend, yeah, Here. go spend another 20 K and learn the same bullshit you actually know. So you can actually pay us money. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is, yeah. this is bullshit. We need yeah. to, ha- to have, like, an education system where a- estheticians are properly trained in laser, in skin, in everything. Just teach us everything. Give us three, four years. I would be actually happy to go to school for four years and learn everything than for me to do this way. And every state has me, like, asking me to do something different every yeah, time. That's it's a my waste thing.
0: of time and a waste of money. We're learning a lot of stuff that we don't need to be learning yeah. just in order to get from yeah. point A to B.
1: Brenna, what are some lessons you have learned being an entrepreneur?
2: Some lessons I've learned. Um, I, the biggest lesson I've learned is that my entrepreneurial journey should lead me to the life I want to live, not me creating my life around my work. Um, and that's been something I've been in full pursuit of this year. Like This has been my, my CEO year, but more so in the sense of how can I step back? And let my business do her thing while I continue to do my thing. Um, another lesson I've learned to, like you said, like you pointed out earlier in the podcast, like not all clients are your clients and not all money is good money and making peace with that fact, especially when it comes up and it's very unexpected too, just kind of taking it as, as it is. Um, and the last, the last lesson I've learned is like, it's just, it's fun. You know, I know like, yes, we're supposed to be, we're taxpayers and we're, we have regulations and contraindications, be mindful of, but at the end of the day, this is art. We are creating like art with people, not just the changes we make on their face, but the relationships we build, the promotions, the protocols we build, um, our business structure, like the colors, the mood, the environment, like it's all art and art should be fun even though we're making money from it. Like it should be fun. So those are the three biggest lessons.
1: So my last question for you is, what is that one message you have for for new estheticians who might be not experienced as much as you are or who wants to start their businesses, don't know? What is that one message you have for them?
2: Take it slow. Stop trying to do everything. Stop trying to be everything. Get everything. Do everything. Focus on a niche. Focus on who you want to serve. And get deep, get deeper with that pool instead of trying to take over more circumf- circumference of the pool. Because the deeper you go, that's where real riches reside.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. There was a book I was reading and it had this um, statement a mile deep and an inch wide. That's how you should be laser focused when it comes to your profession. Doing that one thing that you're really fucking good at. Yeah. And that's, a lot of time people forget that they they're like you know what I'm gonna do everything that everybody else is doing because I want to not feel that FOMO but at the Mm -hmm. end of the day there's one thing you're really an expert at like when it comes to my strength is chemical peels like that is what I absolutely love and enjoy and since the time I have put my attention only on that one thing I have been able to like perform better see better results and also like i don't have to be like everybody that's Mm -hmm. that's an amazing message actually that's that's a good reminder for any new esthetician because yeah we do get intimidated looking at everybody on social media what they're doing what Mm -hmm. they're offering and we're like oh i wish i could do this thing too i wish i could do that thing too we're
0: feeling like you have to offer a million different services to be successful and make money that's not that's not true
1: yeah Brenna thank you so much for joining us for the podcast you're the first guest of our podcast Um, uh, for the season two season oh, one was like yay. there here and there I had people so you uh you are the one who's breaking the ice for us I really appreciate you for taking time out of your busy day and schedule and talking to us and sharing your knowledge I honestly can't wait to have you for another for another episode so yeah we, we should do a part that. two uh, yes we definitely do need to yeah, do that
2: thank you thank you Razia and Miranda it was such a pleasure and yeah enjoy your day and i'll be back for another one hopefully
1: anyways guys keep Keep glowing keep keep growing bye (laughs)